Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koa, the dedicated OKR platform. I'm excited to have not one, but two guests with me today for our podcast. With me, I have Matt Tucker, CEO and founder of Koan, and Jared Weiner, project manager at Prosper Portland. So we're going to talk about diversity, equity and inclusivity, a topic that's rightly being talked about and addressed by more and more organisations. But is this simply being addressed at board level or are organisations considering equality across your goal framework? Matt, I know most of our listeners will know who you are, but for those who are new to Giant Talk, please can you briefly introduce yourself? Hi, Carly. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Matt Tucker. I'm the CEO and founder of Koan. Uh, Koan is OKR software, uh, but our one of our core beliefs is that uh, small positive habits done repeatedly lead to massive progress. Uh, and that's what we try to do in the product is pair uh, goals or OKRs with the act of reflection uh, in order to make progress. Uh, and this topic um, is, is one we care a lot about as an organization. Really looking forward to the conversation about how goals are a critical part of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Thanks, Matt. That's great. And Jared, can you give a brief introduction to our listeners as well? Sure. It's good to see you, Carly and Matt. Uh, I'm Jared Wiener. I'm a project manager at Prosper Portland, as Carly mentioned. Prosper is the economic development agency for the city of Portland. Um, All mid or large-sized cities will have an organization similar to ours, and I lead our work with the technology industry there. That work initially was focused very much on growth and how the industry could be more competitive. For folks that aren't in the Portland area, just a little bit on the geography, we're the largest metro area between Silicon Valley and Seattle. So there's a competitive attraction for the tech industry there. Um, About five uh, or six years ago, our focus really shifted from not just how can we grow the industry, but how can we do it more equitably Um, and use that to grow our economy more equitably. So I'm very excited about this conversation. And again, appreciate having uh, y'all having me here today. And as one extra fun fact, uh, Mm -hmm. Koan's core office is in Portland, Oregon. Uh, And so Jared and I have had a a chance to work together, uh, especially over the last year. Thanks, Bay, for for those intros. I'm really looking forward to getting into today's podcast and, and diving into this subject. Um, So, Jared, I'm going to come to you first. And in your experience as a business leader, has the conversation increased around diversity, equity and inclusivity in the last couple of years? Um, And are organisations understanding this more as essential elements for consideration? Yeah, I think, uh, Carly, the short answer to that is yes. I think um, what you've seen sort of in the environment for the past 16 months or so uh, following the George Floyd death and the protests that occurred around the country and even the world associated with that. And Portland had one of the longest lasting protests associated with it. Um, You really see an awakening for folks that aren't black or brown, and they really see this impacting them more directly. And we also see that um, in the work that we do to help Uh, build a more equitable tech industry here in Portland. For the past five or so years, I've run a program that's focused on helping businesses realize that objective uh, called Tech Town Portland. Uh, Very uh, happy to have Koan as a member of that effort. 
Um, and we've seen a great uptick, not just in the interest in the program from businesses, but also in the interest of doing more work and seeing this not just as a nice to have, but a need to have uh, for the business. Thank you. Yeah, it's really it's really good to hear, like you said, that it's it's a need to have, and it's and more and more organisations are, are realising that, especially like you said in the wake of um, the George Floyd death last year. Um, how how important are an organisation's values when it comes to equity, diversity, um, and inclusion? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and I'm I'm really interested in Matt's answer to this. Um, but I think to me, values are critical. They sort of set the set sort of what a company says is important. Um, and in the last year, it's really a test of if those are their true values. So it's one thing to state it as a value. It's another thing to lean in and ensure that you're achieving it. Um, and I think, you know, you see you see businesses really awaken to this and see, is this something we're doing enough about? And if not, um, what should we do about it? Yeah, exactly. I'm a big fan of uh, the idea that values are the behaviors that you actually exhibit as an organization. It's not just what you have written down, put up in the wiki or you know, up on, you know, if you still have an office, uh, up on a poster. Uh, you know, our values matter uh, when we live them. Um, and that that certainly comes into play in, around this topic. Uh, I just want to, you know, maybe also emphasize that the business imperative around this, you know, it's not only a chance to, to live and our values as organizations, because uh, investing in equity, diversity, and inclusion is, uh, it's a good thing, uh, but it's also a business imperative in the sense of if you want to hire people and be an attractive workplace, uh, you have to invest in this. If you want to retain your people, you must create an environment that they want to stick around and work in. And there's an enormous amount of data around the fact that more diverse and inclusive organizations actually perform better. Uh, so even if you say, oh, I'm not sure this is a values conversation for us, uh, even if it's purely a, a business outcomes conversation, this is a, a critical investment. Um, but you know, for most organizations, this is also a values conversation. And you know, it needs to be one that isn't just uh, given lip service, but is actually part of how you function every single day. And you're, you're thoughtful about it, not just as a, a separate program, but how we actually do business and show up for one another every single day. Yeah, I think, I think that's really important. And you've touched on the fact that um, there are a lot of studies out there. Um, I know there's, there's a McKinsey study that says the most diverse workforces outperform competitors by by 33% and there are various other studies out there to, to back up that as well. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was um, goals. Um, I know that Jared, you've, um, you lead, as you mentioned, Tech Town PDX, um, a local group working to advance um, diversity, equity and inclusivity in the local tech community. Um, which Koan have, have taken the Tech Town Diversity Pledge, which is great. And you've been working um, together um, on that initiative. Um, and as part of this, you've led the pledge companies to establish a goal framework. Um, do you see goals as a way to build trust between employees um, and to drive inclusion? Uh, the short answer, again, is yes. And the, the longer answer is maybe uh, be helpful to provide a little bit of perspective on the program. We've been doing that work for more than five years. And 
our initial theory on this was not very sophisticated, I hate to say. Um, it was very much, if we create a public pledge, these companies in the tech space, which are the innovative in our economy, if they put their name on it, they'll be able to be successful and they'll have their own processes and we'll help with some annual reporting and capturing the data and telling that story. And what we realized is like, actually we need, we didn't make this more of a, less of a pledge and more of a program. Um, and so um, we took, we iterated for a number of years, like most um, early organizations or most startups would do. And we built some programming largely around culture change. Um, but the goal piece sort of lagged behind, and that was um, a critical area that we saw as a challenge. Um, and so we took a holistic look at this program uh, about a year ago. And one of the things that we decided we needed to do is, one, we needed to keep with the culture change work and supporting businesses and doing even more of that. And then two, we needed to create an accountability and a goal framework so that companies could at least identify something that they were gonna be working towards and then have a process so that they could report on their progress. And that did two things really. Um, and we're still early on in that as well. But um, one, it created an accountability for businesses, which I think is critical um, in the process. And then two, it also allowed companies to see what other folks are doing. And you know, it's one of the secret sauces, if you will, the tech town effort is it's a community of practice. And instead of just talking abstractly about things, what we're seeing now is folks can see, oh, that company has a goal somewhat similar to mine. I need to reach out to them. Um, I now have a, I already have a relationship with them and I know that they're working towards this. Um, maybe it's just a conversation. Maybe it's something we can work together on jointly. So I think goals are really critical in this. Um, and I think, you know, it's even more important um, beyond the goal is not just stopping there. It's actually how do you execute? Yeah, of course. And I think um, I'll bring Matt in here as well in terms of, um, I think, maybe how can OKRs support diversity and, and inclusion efforts? Yeah. And listeners of this podcast know that there's good ways of doing goals and bad ways of doing goals. Uh, and OKRs um, specifically around uh, diversity, equity, inclusion can be a really powerful tool. Uh, and a lot of the ideas uh, that uh, we all talk about on, on this podcast, um, I think are uh, really particularly valuable to, to think about here. And first of all, the idea that goals that don't have specific measurable outcomes are much less powerful. Uh, goals that don't have a timeline, uh, but that are just generalities and are, are not nearly as powerful. Uh, the idea of, you know, it's not just a, a KPI or a metric that we're trying to drive, but actually an, an objective and that is easy for people to understand and rally around. All the ideas of OKRs and what makes a, for good objective and key results, uh, I think directly applies here. Uh, and speaking to, to Jared's point around you know, a community and uh, turning this into a program, I think one, one thing that a lot of organizations are looking for is you know, even just some inspiration around, well, what sorts of goals uh, could we set and how could we turn it into a program? How do we measure outcomes and know whether we're actually making progress? Uh, these are not super easy questions. But if you don't force yourself to do the work um, and if you keep it kind of very vague, 
uh, we want to be more diverse and inclusive uh, without stating you know, exactly how. And here's the steps that we're going to take. Um, and you know, same idea from OKRs uh, that we, again, talk about as well. How are we going to turn it into a repeating process every single quarter, for example, where we learn and we make progress and we course correct uh, and we get better at it? Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results, helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly, and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Koan, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favorite features about Koan? So the thing that I really love about Koan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the, uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place. So that would definitely be the thing for me, which is the the killer feature of the system. Thanks, Matt. And I think also, um, as Gerard mentioned, is that it's the accountability as well. And also not just setting OKRs and leaving them and thinking that that's it, they'll just run their course and going back and reflecting on those um, is really important. I spoke in the introduction about diversity, equity and inclusivity being addressed at board level for organisations, but with the cross-functional and network approach of OKRs, is this how organisations can execute diversity, equity and inclusivity across their whole organisation? I'll take that one first. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think one of the one of the failure cases of uh, of these efforts would be to say, "Look, there's how we there's our business, and then separately, uh, there's this program that we do around DE and I, um, and that just doesn't work nearly as effectively as saying, "No, DE and I is part of how we do business. You know, it's not just core to our values, but it's how we run our teams." Um, and you know, I think one of those opportunities is to you know, think about and, and set goals um, around some of these efforts uh, directly down at the team level. You know, it, it depends on the part of the organization, you know, what, what that focus might be. You know, for the engineering team, it might be to uh, reinvent the hiring process uh, to you know, incorporate some of the newer best practices around how to do interviewing, how to look through resumes, how to actually write job recs um, that are more inclusive and that can attract different types of candidates. Uh, so there's really specific work that you can do as an engineering team to make your hiring process better and to attract uh, new and different candidates than perhaps you have been. Um, you know, and that, that applies across the business. I think there's one other aspect to all of this that um, it is maybe not as intuitive, but that we're pretty passionate about at Koan which is a goals process done the right way and one where it's less you know, top-down executive cascading the goals and more you know, bottom-up alignment. And that is an amazing opportunity to foster autonomy and to give everyone in the organization a voice. Uh, and you know, some of the inclusivity 
practices and you know, making sure that it's not just executive voices, but all voices being heard. Your goals program, whether your goals are about uh, DE&I topics specifically or more broadly as an organization, that's a really good opportunity to put some of these behaviors into practice uh, in all aspects of your business. Uh, and that's um, to us maybe the, the slightly non-intuitive part of this, you know, which is you can set goals specifically around DE&I, but you can also foster a goals process that overall and really emphasizes autonomy, uh, more of a bottom-up motion, uh, including that the whole organization, every team and every individual and um, you know, directing uh, impact on the business. Thanks, Matt. That's really, that's really good. And I think um, just going back to the um, inclusivity um, and how diversity, equity and inclusivity needs to have buy-in at, at all levels. Um, I think it's around creating that a communication culture and um, internal where employees at every level are able to communicate um, on quite sensitive issues. Um, how, how important is a two-way communication um, in creating a safe environment of, of inclusion? Greater Jared for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's critical. And I, I think Matt said some really um, profound things in, in the last two answers he gave. And I, I think I think it sort of permeates throughout like the topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion. First one is like, what is your focus? I'm, look, I'm an optimistic person, but I don't think any one company is going to solve diversity, equity, and inclusion as a whole. Um, that's just, you know, this problem is systemic, it's societal, it's existed for hundreds of years. So what are you actually focused on? And I think, you know, having a goal process is critical to success. If you just say, I want to solve diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're unlikely to be successful. So I think the yeah, optimist in me says you need to have a focus on this. Um, the second point on this is like, what is your business process? Um, and if you're trying to, and, and being really honest with it, like if your organization is very hierarchical and you don't actually bring people in in general, that's probably a problem, but it's also, it means if you try to bring people in around conversations on a sensitive topic like diversity um, and inclusion, you're unlikely to be successful. So I would say, you know, the first thing is to take a step back and look at look at the structure of your organization. If you don't have that open two-way communication to start with, I would start there rather than introducing a sensitive topic if that's important to you. If a two-way communication isn't important to you, you're unlikely to make a lot of progress on inclusion. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll riff on that for a second. I, I completely agree with you, Jared. And you know, interestingly, uh, a lot of these behaviors are not only critical for you know, fostering the, the, the tough conversations and real progress internally around DE&I, it's also how you can have a highly functioning remote or hybrid workforce. And uh, you know things uh, like the the hallway conversations and the water cool conversations uh, around how we uh, felt uh, a greater sense of belonging um, in our organizations. Now it takes a lot more intention and structure around you know well how do we make sure we hear from everyone and how does everyone get to be part of decision making if some people are in the office and some people are remote. That takes a lot more structure and thoughtfulness um, than perhaps it did uh, in previous iterations of, of how companies organize themselves. And 
you know, in terms of you know applying this directly to goal setting and directly to to driving the communication. Um, you know, again, we at Koan are really big fans of regular habits, uh, and the idea of a weekly check-in uh, as a team or weekly reflection. You know, not only to make sure that you're getting all the problems out on the table, but also checking in on your goals uh, and making sure that there's at least uh, that cadence. Um, that can provide a lot of structure in order to you know, hang a lot of other positive behaviors off of. Yeah. And, and on that point, sorry, Carly, uh, just one quick note. Uh, on that point, I would say, you know, you look at your organization. Like um, most organizations that are successfully have, have goals for their different departments, whether it's sales goals for sales, whether it's you know delivering of a product for engineering or the product team, um, whether it's you know accounting, getting the numbers in. Like, there's goals and there's you know deliverables. Um, why should diversity topics be different if it's critical to your organization? Um, that's sort of that's the main thing here. And if it is different, like take a look back and figure out why, um, you know, what, what you ultimately want to do is integrate it into your organization so that you can have an inclusive organization that can attract diverse candidates and retain them as well. I think it was also really important how Matt mentioned around, I guess, I don't want to say it, but this new normal remote hybrid working, I mean, a lot of organizations aren't going back into the office um, working remotely um, day in, day out. And, Collaboration, discussion, and, and learning are all elements needed to, to open up more diverse com- conversations, which might make it that little bit more challenging with, with everyone working um, remotely and Zoom fatigue and, and all of that. So are there any top tips that you would share, um, I guess, specifically around organisations that are working remotely to try and um, open up those conversations if you, you know, you can't just talk to your, your colleague at the at the water cooler or going on your, your coffee break, etc. Yeah, I, I'd love to start with that. So I think I think there's I think it depends on organizations. I think there's rarely like universal solutions. Um, I think people are different; and they have different needs. I think the culture your organization had before you went remote, um, if you're an organ, if you were you know around before remote and weren't in the last you know year and a half or so, um, is still going to continue. So I think you know the best way to answer that is ask your employees and hear from them. One thing I, I will say in, in some of the conversations I've had um, is co- conversations on sensitive topics. Some people say they would rather have those in a remote setting. They say, at home, I'm more comfortable. I feel safer. It's less intrusive if I'm you know, a person of color having conversation um, with, a, with a group that's majority you know, white. Um, if I'm having that in my home in a place that I'm comfortable rather than in a place where, you know, I'm one or two or three of a hundred. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind. I found that that really interesting um, when I've heard, because I've heard it a couple of times. One area that we, we've focused a lot on at Koan is meetings. And, and we, we've spent a, a lot of uh, time over the last year um, thinking about how we make progress um, on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, and one of the most obvious areas for us to invest time in was running better meetings. Uh, and for us, that means uh, practicing behaviors like at the beginning of every meeting, uh, we do an icebreaker, uh, giving everyone a, a chance to speak and trying to create an environment um, where everyone knows 
that their voice is welcomed. We do a lot of awkward pauses. I'm slowly getting better at it. Um, uh, we do prompts um, to, to try to pull uh, in, uh, information from folks and, and get them to speak up when they want to. We've created side channels um, so that it's easy, especially in the company-wide meetings, for people to ask questions anonymously uh, in order to, to really um, do the, the challenging topics. Um, so, and, and there's a bunch of other behaviors uh, that we've tried here, but uh, meetings in particular, uh, we decided was one uh, great focus area in order to make some progress on inclusion and you know, hope. And I think what we're seeing is uh, the time that we've spent there is um, now propagating to other parts of, of how the company runs. Thanks, Matt. I think there's some, there's some good good tips there. And I think especially when organizations are, are bringing in um, new new hires, um, working remotely, and there's not that onboarding process that there normally would be um, in a face-to-face environment. But it's interesting to hear, as, as Jared said, about some of those sensitive issues and people um, feeling more comfortable when they're in their own personal space. Um, so that's, that's interesting to, to hear that, and it, it makes sense. Um there's been a broader trend from CEOs um, that discussion of social issues distracts from focus work and team unity. Is there a way, do you think, um, to keep doing the important work for companies to succeed um, and also make space for your teams to talk about social issues? And is it possible to combine goal achievement with the social impact issues? Um. I would say, you know, sort of you you referenced, Carly, the McKenzie study earlier on in the conversation. I'd say there's a ton of research that just shows that more equitable businesses are more successful. Um, I think you see that uh, overall. Um, you see it, what, you, that's why you see a number of large businesses putting a significant amount of resources towards these efforts for their business objectives. Um, I'd say, you know, it oftentimes isn't the easiest a path for businesses to go on. But, you know, I think most founders would say they didn't start a business because they wanted to do something easy. I think they want to do it because it's rewarding. And I think this is the way more rewarding path. Uh, so that's my pitch towards it. I'd say, you know, I mentioned it's not the easiest path. I'd say, you know, one of the things that we see that um, is a barrier. And, you know, I work in government, I work in the confluence of government and tech. So it's interesting, you know, on one hand, it's all innovation and, and you know, the scrum framework. And on the other, it's very process and bureaucracy. Um, one of the things that that we see time and again, it's the biggest barrier is that an internal process to do something more equitable is oftentimes more challenging. Um, what organizations often do is say, we care about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and then they put on another layer to actually achieve that. And what you've done is made a lot of people's jobs harder. I'm curious how folks can make it easier. And I think there's a lot of sort of process ways that folks can do that. Um, and I think you know this oftentimes falls, um, it falls on the top of an organization to help drive that. But on the execution piece, it's oftentimes the managers that have to do it um, and really uh, sort of take on that burden uh, and, and sort of execute on it. Yeah, thank you. And Matt, do you think that it's possible to combine goal achievement with, with these issues? It has to be. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think you know, Jared's theme of this has to be integrated into, into how you run the company and part of how you do business, not an add-on uh, that's extra stuff for folks. Uh, but... Yeah, you know, the the set of companies out there that 
uh, go announce, uh, we're not going to be distracted by social issues. Uh, and then a huge percentage of their uh, employees walk out the door. Uh, and that by itself is uh, you know, pretty good evidence that um, you know, that uh, that approach uh, won't hold water. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity for building better organization, uh, better teams, uh, and having more successful business outcome by, um, yeah, again, not treating it as an add-on, but a core part of how you do business um, with clear accountability and goals for, for how you do it. Yeah, of course. And before we close out today's episode, is there anything further that either of you would like to share when it comes to assisting the diversity, equity and inclusivity conversation in organisations? Maybe one last and final tip from both of you or just a piece of guest advice? Uh, For other business leaders out there, if you have the opportunity to join an organisation like TechTown PDX, uh, like we are in Portland, Uh, We've just found it enormously valuable to have a set of peers in order to talk about this and learn from and be inspired by Uh, is not easy work, um, especially on the part of uh, organizers like Jared. Um, But we've just found that to be incredibly valuable. Uh, So if you have that opportunity, um, I I would take it. I appreciate you saying that, Matt. Um, I guess my thing is... um, as a, if you're a leader of an organization, take a step back and actually ask yourself, is this really a priority? Um, and if it is, like, is it ingrained in your values? Is it part of your goals? Are you aligning with the way that your organization does things to achieve goals associated with this? You know, one of the things one of the things I mentioned earlier is like, don't set a goal of solving racism. Like, try to solve something or try to address something that you can actually achieve. Um, and then the final thing is, I would say, is like, make sure that everyone at your organization knows that this is occurring. Um, I think the great thing about OKRs and uh, goal frameworks is like, it actually brings transparency um, and it brings alignment to an organization. Almost every organization I've been in and I've uh, worked with, you know, whether it be an individual contributor or the executive, there's oftentimes um, a disalignment between different parts of an organization. Um, Sometimes that's a really broad thing and almost everyone thinks they're more aligned than they are. Um, So I think like one of the things if you are looking for like uh, a piece of advice is if you hold all hands meetings, incorporate diversity, equity, inclusion into it, either into existing topics or give it its own topic if you're not ready for it. And you'll be amazed what five minutes in an all hands meeting will do over time. Thank you both. I know it's such it's such a broad topic and we could have gone into so many other um, areas and there's so much more that you, you, you've got to say on this. Um, thank you for joining us for another episode of Giant Talk. As always, if you have any feedback or comments about the episode, please feel free to reach out to us at growth at therebegiants.com. Big thanks for joining me today, Matt and Jared. It's really nice to have you both here. Um, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Giant Talk. Thanks, Carly. Thanks, Carly.